Hello and welcome to Following the Way, whether it's morning, evening, afternoon, or whatever time of the day, wherever you are, I want to welcome you to this podcast. We are a podcast that is focused on exploring scripture and looking at how we can follow the way of Jesus in our lives. We do it through the examination of scripture, Christ-centered practices, and we are a new podcast that is just launching and getting off the ground. But the hope is that we are going to be creating a space where uh, through looking at scripture and through having devotional type practices, that we will be growing in becoming apprentices of Jesus, of becoming people who are looking more like Jesus, who are in engaging with Jesus more, encountering him more and his presence in our lives, and in turn, reproducing that in the lives of others. And that's one of the the hopes and the desires of this podcast is that we are going to grow in our devotion to Jesus and that we will be being discipled ourselves and looking to disciple others. And so want to welcome you. Thank you for being here. And what if you're watching this on YouTube, I want to just uh, invite you to subscribe to our channel. Click the little notification bell that will give you alerts when we post new material. And if you're listening to this on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, welcome as well. Give us a follow. Give us a rating. That's helpful in getting the word out. And we'd love to be able to share this with more people and bless them and encourage them in their relationship with Jesus. So this is part five of a mini five-part examination of Romans 8 and looking at living by the Spirit and what it means to live by the Spirit as opposed to live in the flesh and and what Romans 8 uh, says about that and 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 all that goes with that. So I want to read a few verses here uh, to end and then we'll get into them to unpack them. Verse 31 of Romans 8. What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all. How will he not also with him graciously give us all things? Who shall bring any charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. Who is to condemn? Christ Jesus is the one who died. More than that, who was raised, who is at the right hand of God, who indeed is interceding for us, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? As it is written, for your sake we are being killed all the day long. We are regarded as sheep to be slaughtered. No, In all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am sure that neither death nor life, neither angels nor rulers, nor things present nor things to come, nor powers nor height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. There's a lot to unpack here and we could spend a lot longer than a short devotional podcast doing that. But uh, for today and for this purpose, uh, I want to look at the incredible truth of what it says here about what shall we say to these things then, Paul is asking. And he's saying that in the context of what he's written in looking at 
how we live now by the Spirit. We don't live according to the flesh. We are in Christ and therefore we have the indwelling of the Holy Spirit with us. He is leading us to become more like Christ. He is helping us to understand who we are in Christ, the adoption that we have received as sons and daughters, the fact that we have a Father in heaven who loves us, and that we are heirs. We are heirs of, uh, co-heirs with Christ. We are heirs of God, that we are going to share in the glory that has been revealed in Christ Jesus. But he also then goes into the fact that we are encountering suffering, we are encountering weakness, and we are in this state where uh, creation has been subjected to futility and we it's meant to lead us to a place of recognizing how we need the Spirit at work within us and that the Spirit is helping us and interceding for us. And, and so Paul is really culminating all of this and saying, what shall we say then to these things? And he sums it up with these words that are beautiful and and so well known and yet profound and have far-reaching implications into our lives. If God is for us, who can be against us? I I came out of a meeting this morning and it's I woke up and it's a beautiful day this morning. The sun is shining, it's warm, spring is finally here and there's so many things to be thankful for and yet in this time of this pandemic and in this time of I feel in ministry, there's just, there's pressure and there's many more responsibilities and time. I I don't have more time. In fact, I'm more busy and and, and things are pressing me more than ever. And I, and I realized um, in this meeting that I was having with other pastors and we were sharing and, and listening to the Lord together that in some respects, I'm actually battling deep discouragement right now and feelings of deep discouragement because of isolation and things that I can't control and things that are bringing up other things in my heart uh, and part of who I am that God is is allowing because I need to deal with them. Um, but it goes to this verse here that we're looking at. And, and, and these are the implications that in our lives when we face difficult things, and there's some of you listening to this that are probably facing difficult roadblocks and you're going, God, I don't know how I'm going to get through this. I don't actually know how I'm going to push past this wall. And we need to hear these words. If God is for us, who can be against us? And the reason for that, the reason that we can have such confidence that no matter what, that God is working all things for our good, even the hard things, and that he's for us, and no one can be against us because of that ultimately, the reason for that is because he did not spare his own son. He gave us Jesus. Jesus gave himself up for us. And because of that rock solid truth that Jesus is is the one who has sacrificed himself for us, then all things, he's going to graciously give us all things. Now, we also, we need to guard against in this any sort of Western uh, consumeristic sort of look or, or understanding of this, things that have been sown into us culturally for decades and, and even longer than that, that influence and inform how we think. But we think when we hear that we may think all things and we have a very particular way of understanding things and we think of it as 
in materialism and we think of it in what I can get and what I can consume and achieve and and the things that I can I can have and own. And that's not what Paul is talking about here and it's and, and within the context when he says all things he's talking about all the things that we have in Christ and the fact that we have adoption the fact that we have we have the spirit now inside of us that the spirit is with us that we have this hope to which we were saved that we have this glory that's going to be revealed in us all these things that make up really ultimately what we really need i don't need what this world can offer me i need what christ can offer me that is ultimately what i need and so paul's saying how will god not graciously give us all these things he nothing is held is, is held back nothing nothing at all is held back and so paul goes on then because of of this asking who who can bring any charge against those of us whom god has chosen God it's the one is the one who justifies us no one else justifies us who who is going to condemn us Christ is the one who took all the condemnation and and so Paul's he's bringing us back to the first verse therefore there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ because Jesus took it and be, more than that he, yes he died but he he didn't stay dead no he was raised and He's actually now at the right hand of his father and he's interceding for us. And it, it goes, it, it, it's aligning this truth with the spirit himself interceding for us. Jesus is part of that. And so Paul ends and, and concludes in this and asks, who shall separate us then from this love of Christ? When we battle deep discouragement and we encounter deep wells uh, inside of ourselves that need healing and where, where Christ needs to work in us. And, and, and when God brings us to that place of vulnerability and that place of weakness, and we can go, I, I can deal with that stuff. I can actually face that stuff and I can be honest about that stuff with my brothers and sisters because who's going to separate me from the love of Christ? This is the deepest, most profound foundation that we have and the security that we have that because I am in Christ and because nothing can separate me from the love of Christ, there's nothing that I have to ultimately be fearful of. And I, and I wonder too, during this, this time that we're in this pandemic, at least where we're at, I'm not sure that fear is actually the thing that's driving a lot of people. I think that we're hunkering down and, and maybe it's a little bit of worry and anxiety. I think that it, that people are still really battling, but I think that we're also battling and even if we're not aware of it, is this inclination to complacency, to apathy, to let's just get through this, but we're not actually allowing the Lord to get into those places in us that he wants to, he wants to use this time. He wants to redeem this time, if you will, to get into those places in us so that we can understand that nothing separates us from the love of Christ. There's nothing holding me back. Therefore, 
I can go to those places. I can deal with those things in me. I can encounter those emotions, those feelings, those places that God is calling me to grow in. And I can face them knowing that he's not against me. He's for me and nothing will separate me from his love. And therefore, I I can be honest and open about that and how I'm feeling and how I'm doing and where I need to grow. And so that's where then we get into these, this wonderful culmination of Romans 8 that knowing all these things were more than conquerors because of him, not because of anything that we do, but because of him who loved us and nothing in all of creation, nothing in this world, nothing in culture, nothing in our past, nothing in our future will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus, our Lord. He is our Lord. He's our Savior. And so it's a, it's a wonderful and some of, some of the, the deepest, most profound, most satisfying, most securing, if you will, words that we can ever read in the New Testament, that there's nothing separating us from the love of God. And so this is at the core This is what it means to live by the Spirit. This is what it means to be in communion with the Spirit. That we, and and I'm not not there yet. This is an ongoing process where we are coming into a greater and greater understanding of the love of Christ. The fact that God is not, is for us. He's not against us. And that can be an hourly reminder. That can be a daily reminder, certainly weekly, where we, we are constantly reminding ourselves, this is the truth of God's word. This is where I land. It, it's not my circumstances. It's not my feelings. It's not my emotions. It's like that Cody Karn song that, uh, just saying the other day, Christ be magnified, where I, I, I think the lyric goes, I won't be ruled by my feelings. I, I will I will stand in the truth of God's word. And so it's so important that we apply this in our lives and that we leave time to allow the Lord to speak to our hearts. And so I want to do that now. I want to invite you for the next couple minutes here to allow yourself to feel and allow yourself to uh, begin to slow down and ask yourself, how am I doing? And what do I need to do with this truth now? How do I need to apply this to my life? Where is this to be something that touches where I'm at right now in my life? And so I want to encourage you as a way of getting before the Lord and getting still and getting quiet, being still before the Lord, knowing that he's God. Put your feet on the ground, relax your body. If you're If you want to, I'd invite you to open up your hands again as a posture of receiving from the Lord and slow down your breathing. And allow yourself to feel where are you at? What does the Lord want to say to me? Jesus, where would you want to touch my heart? Jesus, where do you want to speak to me? God, where do I need to know that you are for me, that you're not against me? In those places in my life where I feel 
like I'm struggling where there's suffering, where there's weakness. What shall I say to those things in my life? What am I going to say? And be reminded of the truth of God's word that he who did not spare his own son, how will he not also graciously give you all things that pertain to that life in his son? Everlasting resurrection life to come. If God is for us, who can be against us? And so allow yourself to feel where you are struggling. There's things inside of your, of your heart that need healing and need a touch from the Lord. And as you feel those things, as you ask those questions of the Lord, remind yourself, nothing can separate me from the love of Jesus. There's nothing, there's nothing that can separate me. Nothing in all of creation, nothing in my past, nothing in my present, nothing in my future will separate me from the love of Christ. I want to bless you today as you go forth from this and remember God is for you. He's not against you. Blessings, my friends. We'll see you again.